everybody. Welcome back to Runehammer. It's your old buddy Ingrid Bernal here, hanging out on the Runehammer podcast. Good to have you guys back. Keeping it nice and simple this time for mainframe episode 42. I just wanted to get right to the guts on this one and hit you with some good knowledge. Been a long month. Uh, I know that uh, mainframe's coming in a little hot here toward the end of the month, but uh, as you guys all know, uh, Xeno Dead Zone and uh, ICRPG Magic both went out the door this month. That was a little bonkers. So took a couple of days to mow the lawn and trim the hedges and uh, kind of getting back into it now. And, you know, I've been putting off Mainframe 42 a little bit because I also I had to finish a task to prepare for this podcast. So welcome back, everybody, especially welcome all the new patrons. We're seeing some great growth with the shield wall this month. I have no idea why. Welcome to the loony bin, everybody. It's great to have you. And thanks, as always, for your support here at Runehammer. We're going to be doing cool stuff all year. Um, Be sure to give a chance to our Discord server. That's where a lot of the wackiness is going down. And always check those forums. I can't believe it. I go back couple times a week and just the amount of activity on those forums is just bonkers at uh, forums.runehammer.com. One other quick announcement before we dive into episode 42. Great news here. The audiobook for the Legacy of Mud trilogy is almost complete. All the voice acting and narrating is done. Thank you, Mason Hunter. You're brilliant. Um, so now what I'm doing is just doing the final prep on every chapter. So there's like 65 or so chapters Each one needs a tiny little bit of background sound and a couple little pauses here and there to make it all work. So I'm just doing that one chapter at a time. That's going to take at least a week, but look forward to that. And as for the um, ICRPG Magic hard copies, I know they're a little bit, uh, they're off here for more than a week now, but hey, that's how it goes when you repair a hard copy on drive-thru. You've got an, an outage. So sorry about that, but we will be Getting you back online real soon. Here we go. It's RPG Mainframe. Episode 42. This episode is all about creative origins. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I couldn't do Mainframe 42 until I had finished a preparational task for this podcast. And there was no way I could do anything short of 100% on this task. Because I had to come correct, y'all. This is sacred stuff. And here's why. Creative origin is what I want to talk about today for Mainframe 42. Creative origin to me is this sort of term of knowing where you came from as a creative person. And as I'm working through my story today, talking to you guys here on the Mainframe, Take some time to think about your own creative origins. And the more that uh, you can hear my account, maybe it can help you in your sort of meditation upon where you really came from as a creative individual and how that can be interesting for you as far as where you're going. So the task I had to finish absolutely with no BS before I could do this podcast was I had to go back I had to get my Super NES Classic. Thank you, Cyrus Draken, for the loner on that one. And I had to play from top to bottom, start to finish, every single side quest, Chrono Trigger. Now, Chrono Trigger is, for those of you who don't know, a game that originally came out on the PlayStation 1. And I think on the Super Nintendo as well. 
I believe the release date was 1996, right when PlayStation 1 was coming out. Now, originally, Chrono Trigger has always been in my top five video games of all time, sitting up there with, uh, you know, Super Metroid and Link to the Past and some others. But after this replay, I can with absolutely no equivocation say Chrono Trigger is my all-time favorite video game. I, I don't even really know a close second, maybe Super Metroid, but it, it's absolutely divine. So to do a good job, to be authentic with this podcast, I had to get the, the console hooked up. I had to get on the couch and throw down some hours on this stuff and play Chrono Trigger from top to bottom. Okay, now why? Now here's where this stitches together and all my nonsense will hopefully <laughs> start being useful to you on this ridiculous podcast here. Chrono Trigger is my creative origin. I didn't have a concept for this, this talk, this topic, until I was about a quarter of the way into Chrono Trigger, and not only was I totally falling back in love with it and amazed at numerous different aspects of it, which is what I wanted to talk about today, but I also had this epiphany, this realization that dawned on me undeniably as I was playing through Chrono Trigger, and that is the concept of creative origin. I realized that just about every idea I thought that I've had since 1996 to now is in some way sort of linked to some of the key concepts in Chrono Trigger. I couldn't believe it. So today for the podcast, I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about what I see as coming from Chrono Trigger that I wound up not even knowing it, but thinking they were my original ideas. Then I also want to talk about why I think Chrono Trigger is such an interesting and brilliant and elegant creative achievement that can inform us here in our RPG hobby. I mean, it is an RPG, right? It just happens to be digital. But there's something about it that I think catches a lot of what we're striving for today. And then finally, I want to talk about this big concept of creative origin, taking it back to your streets, so, so to speak, you know, back to your hood, where you came from, as far as a creative individual goes. You go back to the beginning. You got to know where you came from if you're going to know where you're going and all that good stuff, right? And this is the concept of knowing, nurturing, and then returning to your creative origin. Okay, so first of all, over the years, I've worked on a lot of game stuff, done a lot of game design, game writing, game art, a lot of this different kind of, you know, these antics, right, as both a career and uh, as a hobby. Now, once Roodhammer really kind of set anchor in the mud and I started getting some traction there, I was allowed to dig into my own creative impulse and really go with what I love rather than doing it for a publisher or a company or whatever, right? And so more and more, I found myself mining these ideas. The ideas were these mixed groups, like groups of heroes that are oddly mixed, a mashups of, of, of genres. This concept of a huge meteoric enemy, a ship that is sort of uh, semi-sentient, even forms of heroic sort of medieval dialogue coupled with futuristic settings and backdrops and the way that these interplays become interesting. The, the, the 
coexistence of laser weapons and robots and swords and all this different stuff. Now, none of this stuff is necessarily, you know, earth-shaking in its amazing creative originality, but they still, in my mind, those were my ideas. This was my my galaxy that I was creating. And as I'm playing Chrono Trigger, I'm sitting here <laughs> like almost checking off a, a, a grocery list of creative themes that are in Chrono Trigger that I found myself doing in project after project in the in the um, the following years after I first played through Chrono Trigger back in the 90s. Now, for some reason, I never made the connection. I just never saw it. Maybe I was playing so many video games back then. Maybe they're all just sort of, they blended together and I never fully realized how much Chrono Trigger had stood out as an influencer in my, in my creative mind. But to go back and play it, oh my gosh, and I don't need to list everything here, but I was having one of these moments every five minutes while playing Chrono Trigger. There was some new element, some little subtlety of speech or of narration, storytelling that I thought was my idea that just, it was right there. And then toward, you know, two thirds of the way through the game, when you get the ship and the ship sort of has a mind of its own, but it's also a time travel ship and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh my God, that's a freaking warp shell. None of my ideas are original. Woe is me. I'm a terrible person. Chrono Trigger plagiarism. Oh, you know, yeah. Right? Meltdown. <laughs> a meltdown of pure happiness, by the way, because I was just still enjoying the game. So I just wanted to come clean almost about that. At first, I, I felt a little bit like, wow, I really, I've come up with nothing. All I've done, been doing is aping this game. And, and it can be a, a crummy feeling. But the more I started thinking about it and the more I was approaching the end of the game, that is when these sort of deeper concepts like creative origins started really striking me. And that's why I wanted to share it. Because remember, the theme that I'm always pressing here on Runehammer, on the mainframe, is confronting the difficulty and the struggle of being a working creative person. That means like an actively creative person who's trying to show up with ideas and stuff <laughs> to entertain and wow your friends or your players or your audience on YouTube, whatever. But to face this ongoing creative durability or being prolific and the ongoing challenges of being creative, right? And a lot of times when you're doing that, you find yourself aping other concepts. You know, some people get really negative about it. They say, oh, everything's been done. You know, nothing is new. Everybody rehashes everything. And I, th I see that as a very negative way of seeing this same concept. Creative people can beat themselves up about, oh man, I thought that was my idea. And look, here it is. I probably just saw this on TV years ago, forgot and called it my idea. Oh man, oh, uh, slump. <laughs> And in some ways, that was my initial reaction. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this is a good thing. This is it. This is our creative origin. This is knowing your streets, knowing your hood. This is a good feeling. And I want to encourage you guys to feel good about it and to probe your own memories and your own sort of favorite things, your own fandom to find this creative origin. Now, what exactly about Chrono Trigger has got me so freaked out, right? Like, there's so many cool things out there, so many super inspirational things that I absorbed in my younger years 
Because let's face it, it's kind of like music. Newer music may come out that is really good, but we all have those certain years in our life when the music we listen to will, will never leave us. We have an impression and a feeling when we hear those songs that can never be replaced, no matter how cool some new music may be. We, we associate that music with a time in our life that was formative. And these formative experiences for me Chrono Trigger was one of the, the biggest ones. Obviously, tabletop RPGs years before Chrono Trigger were huge too. Uh, 10 years before Chrono Trigger even came out, there was other formative things. But something about Chrono Trigger is unique. So what is it? Why am I so freaked out? I want to tell you guys. Obviously, the story which transcends different timelines and the way that those timelines interact and the treatment of the world as being different in these different timelines is a theme that I have been doing ever since. And it's a fantastic theme. The way that they execute it is brilliant and relaxed and casual. The next one is the brevity in Chrono Trigger. This is, remember, a game where you're pressing A to, you know, continue to read NPC text, right, and narration text. So that is the only real instrument they get to use to tell you what this story is. There's a little bit of visual, obviously. But as far as verbal, they don't want to hit you, at least back then, with so much dialogue that it is walls of text. And so it's extremely brief because it's in a little window on a 16-bit UI, right? So I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but even if you fast forward a little bit to like Resident Evil, there are these long letters that you find and there's long chunks of lore and it's much more like, you know, pages of writing. In Chrono Trigger, you're talking three lines at most for any given block of text. I mean, this is extremely brief. And I think this really stuck with me. I find it to be brilliant. How much implied reality they have in so little dialogue blows my mind. It, I, it's wonderful. In some ways, the earlier Final Fantasy games did this, but the later ones definitely did not. So the brevity of Chrono Trigger, I think, is just brilliant. Now next is perhaps what could be considered the absolute core of Chrono Trigger, which is its combat system. This is a turn-based combat system that requires no reflexes at all. It's... It's a game that waits for you to do things. And this, to me, is the best representation of sometimes what it feels like to play at a table, right? If I'm playing at the table with friends, time is not moving in an absolute sense where I need to hurry to do my turn or, you know, the giant frog is going to jump on me. It doesn't really work that way, right? The turn-based nature of tabletop play gives us this sort of strategic feeling to things. We can role play in amounts of time that scale to fit what we want to say. Time is on our side in a way. And in Chrono Trigger, time is also on your side. Now, as sort of an older gamer, and as someone who likes to think and revel in the game a little bit, I love this. I don't want my reflexes to gate the content from me. I want my ability to do these, these fights. And this combat system, not only is time on your side, but the complementarity of the characters to me is still the gold standard of building multi-class parties. You've got a three-character party and you've got to use the classes in clever ways, especially if you're under-geared toward the end to you know, withstand 
all kinds of different challenges. And that brings me to the sort of final thing I really want to mention about Chrono Trigger that I absolutely love. And it is the way that the enemies function, the way that they have phases. They clearly run on identifiable repeating AI patterns, a lot like Mike Tyson's punch out did. And learning and mastering and overcoming these patterns is terribly satisfying, <laughs> terribly satisfying. And as you'll hear in my next section, the, the, the dream or the goal or the target of achieving this level of elegance, simplicity and brevity, and yet solvability and satisfaction in enemy design is just something that I have been coming back to ever since. I just never made the link that this elegant system was really just me dreaming about the combat system from Chrono Trigger for literally decades. <laughs> now that's funny to say, but as someone who's been doing game design my whole life, it's not silly to find a waypoint or a cornerstone of this magnitude. I, I do think that I have been ruminating on the Chrono Trigger combat system for literally 20 years and looking for ways to instantiate it in other designs and looking for ways to revive it and bring it back and think about it again and, and, and renew the feeling that I got from this game. And I just never put it together until the last few weeks when I played from front to back, beat the game and did every side quest. Now, all of this thinking is not just a fandom podcast about Chrono Trigger. Now, obviously, I am a huge fan. But my real point here is for everyone, all of us, to think about our creative origin. Where did you come from? What was the thing or things that you experienced that made you say, I want to do this, or I can do this? Or this is fascinating and deserves a much deeper look than just playing through it and setting it aside. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be an RPG, a video game, a book, uh, anything that has something to do with the hobby. It could be a painting. It could be a symphony. It could be a video of slow motion dog swimming in a pool. <laughs> a slow motion, wait, a slow motion video of a dog swimming in a pool. Boy, I jumbled that one up. Regardless. If you look within, I bet each and every one of you can find some sense of creative origin, where you came from, what really sparked you, what ignited you. Or, as in the case of Chrono Trigger with me, the thing that most influenced you, the thing that you wound up mining again and again. Because I had other huge, huge cornerstones of creative sort of spark but not that it uh, affected me so, you know, deeply, like the Transformers cartoon, the G.I. Joe cartoon, um, you know, some of the early RPGs like Gamma World and Star Frontiers, um, even some of the GURPS books and the early D&D books and stuff like this. Those were all huge for me, but I did not go back and mine them like I do Chrono Trigger because of some of the, the reasons that I mentioned earlier about its elegance and its design and so forth. So... You look within, you find this creative origin. You're like, there it is. There it is. I see it. In my case, it's Chrono Trigger. Oh my goodness. Now, what use is this? Two things. First, go back. Go back. 
There is no greater journey for a hero than to go home, right? So go home creatively. Go home. Whatever your thing may be, get back in touch with it. And I mean with your hands, in your room, in your space, in the now. Not looking at it on the internet or looking at its latest wiki. Get your hands on it. Relive it. Like actually do whatever it is or get it in your hands, sit down with it, spend some time. And sit there and ask yourself, why did this influence me so deeply? Why do I love this so much? Like, you know, the it's the Alien Legion omnibus too. You know, it's 20 issues of Alien Legion and I, I've been retelling this story my whole life. Oh my gosh. You get the, the omnibus in your house, Amazon delivers it, you open it up and you get this feeling of like, oh man. No wonder I love this. Oh, I love this twist right here. I love how they took this character and flipped. Oh, man, and now she's evil. And whoa, that's why I wrote it in my novel that way. I was just reenacting how much I like this. So get yourself back in there. Go home. Relive that creative origin. That's part one. And then part two is what happens after every voyage that we make. And this is where really the concept for me came home to roost. I took a little break and got out of country for a couple days, went and got a few days in the, in the sand and the sun, you know, just a, a really short jaunt, just to warm up, you know, it can get pretty cold and soggy up here in Washington. <laughs> we have to travel to see the sun. But as Aristotle said, travel is the enemy of ignorance. And at no time are you more ready to transform and to grow as a creative person and as an intellectual and as a good person than after a voyage. Now, during the voyage, you're inundated with all these new experiences. But when you return, you have a perspective on your life, on your actual life, not your vacation life, not your getaway, but on your actual daily life that is irreplaceable, unsimulatable. You have this new outside perspective on your own daily life. And at that moment, you have a wonderful opportunity to grow and to change. And for me, the combination of these different inputs gave me this feeling of not only returning to my creative origin by playing Chrono Trigger, by seeing all my work echoed in it, by, by realizing I've been reliving this fantasy again and again, but by returning from that journey home back to the now. That's when the pay dirt of knowing my creative origin, for me, started to take shape. I saw all of my habits from a new outside perspective, and it gave me this sensation of, well, I want to cultivate that one. I want to get rid of that one. This is a dead end. I don't even know why I was doing that. And then, whoa, new seeds are starting to grow over here. Oh, this, is, this could be interesting. Now, for each one of us, it's going to be totally different. And you actually may find yourself with this new perspective simply continuing, staying the course. And that's fine too. The exercise is simply to heighten your mindfulness, your awareness of where you come from creatively, and then remine it. Do it again. Go back to the stone and draw one more diamond from it. Because now you know every little nook and cranny of that stone. That stone is your creative origin. And each time you gain more awareness of it, you have chance of finding a new gem. I really do believe that 
if you approach the questions in earnest and with concentration and focus and take some uninterrupted time to go back to your creative home. So all of these realizations not only just gave me mainframe 42, but they also have sent me down a bit of a path for this year. And so there's a lot to finish before this can, you know, you can really sort of change direction. There's a lot of boats already sailing along. I can't just let them sink. So what you guys are going to see is a somewhat heightened pace as I go after publishing Index Card RPG Vigilante City is coming. Then we've got the fourth core book, which is ICRPG Rooms. That's going to finish the core four book series. These are two that normally I would take another year or more to complete, but I'm going to try to punch it out so that I can really think about this change in course. And there's commission work to do. And there's, of course, the monthly room designs and table supplements that are on Patreon every month. Those will continue. But I'm seeing some strange new directions, thanks to Chrono Trigger, that I did not see before. And that's what I want you guys to feel. I also got a great mailbag this month concerning something similar, which is uh, a gentleman emailed me that he had just built the best dungeon he'd ever built. His players were blown away. They had such a great time. And now he finds himself having a very hard time just one-upping himself doing it again, going even further. And to me, it's at times like those, the, uh, the exercise of creative origin could be helpful. Anything that can kick you out of the mindset of like, okay, I just need to do this again. I just need to do it better. I just need to... That, that is not the creative mindset. The creative mindset is happy and passive and enjoys. It's the child mind, the finger painter, the beginner's mind. Not the furrowed brow working at the at the wheel, sharpening the sword. Mm, I need to make another dungeon. Mm, grumble, grumble, grumble. That to me is not the fertile ground of creativity. And that's why RPG Mainframe is about all these different approaches to renew our positivity toward our wonderful hobby. So I invite you to consider the art of knowing your creative origin. Returning there, mining it again, and taking pride in it. You're not being derivative. You're not regurgitating. You are knowing your inspiration. And in knowing a thing, you can control a thing. And when you can control your creativity, you will be the best dungeon master that you can be. And that is what the RPG mainframe is all about. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been RPG Mainframe, episode 42. Great to have all of you guys around. Keep your eyes peeled, and may your dice roll high. Strength, honor, and beer. This is your old buddy Ingrid Burnall up here in northern Runamaria, signing off.